Welcome to the Last Alliance University of Alberta Tolkien Society podcast. Join us this year as we venture into Beleriand with the great heroes of the Elder Days and do battle with the Dark Lord Morgoth. We hope you enjoy our discussion of the Silmarillion. Explored most of the known world. That's what I really enjoyed. 
Civilization to the world. I mean, is that, that, that a good thing? Because, like, this effort that takes place at the beginning and the beginning also degenerates as they get worse, right? Like, they also go from benevolent to really opulent. I mean, that's totally valid. The first discussion point is like, maybe colonialism. We're going to touch on it at some point. So, why don't we do it right now? <laughs> Thank you. 
Uh, just like it, as an example, like to bring up the third age again, you know, the, the Easterlings, some of them were just primitive tribes, you know, like some, some of them were but some of them were also like advanced, you know, quote unquote empires to the fact that where some of the, like the Wayne Riders, were actually able to build chariots, which is like a, you know, roughly, let's just say for the sake of argument, Persian kind of, you know, level of advancement where you can have like war engines like that. And that, at, at that point, they've been outside of Morgoth's, you know, influence for 
the savages because they were never, you know, come from the West or have that knowledge. But you know, the Easterlings, m- many of them are still capable of building that sort of kind of, you know, advanced civilization.
shouldn't be waging war on others. We get away with it. It's just no one given right to conquer others. <laughs> I don't know what conquer is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, let's just go like kind of sweet. <laughs> so you're first. Um, well, something that I think we should clarify because I think it's really important. Um, we talked a little bit about Numenorians like setting up camp, but it's a very explicit in the text that in the first wave of show up, say hi, and then leave, and then the first time they come back and actually want to establish something different, they're going to be gone. And that's where this is all set. Um, a thought struck me. Um, it, I don't think it's colonial, colonial church um, turning them away from Eru, or turning away from Eru to be woken more than rather. They're both attempts at the same source, as far as I can tell, which is the proclamation of the kingdom, um, which I found Enormous. Of- 
started wearing gold and silver, and so they weren't doing that before. So this like lust for precious metals, um, leading them to like conquer people on the continent and that sort of thing. So I just I just find it interesting how you know Tolkien values different materials and places and gives that history to different people. Um, there was a point you made earlier during the discussion about Bishop of Cologne, was it? Um, about the Akalabeth as So anything they have is several generations of oral history or some some amount of recorded history. But in no way is it objective. It's always from the perspective of the Numenorians. And yeah, and especially the quote-unquote faithful are going to record those early days when they were kind of in power as so much better than those late days. And the most the earliest instances of colonialism as, yeah, we just came and interacted. And then these other people showed up, the not nice Numenorians, and they did terrible colonialist things. And that's a bit of an extreme example, but, I'm, but I think the source is inherently biased, even within 
but that they know that it's an heritage clause compared to people who have been alive during this time. I think that's exactly what I was looking for. Yes, sorry. Um, indeed, the wise are uncertain and speak with contrary voices. For whatever happened long ago, we have fled from it, we have tried to forget, and so long have we tried that now we cannot remember any time when we were not as we are, save only that the days of death came by swiftly and our companions lived far longer, but already there was death. Okay, but like people, like if you just go back to like being able to translate things into real life, people have incredibly well-developed oral histories and, and precise ones, um, which is like one of those things where it's like, I understand this idea that like, oh yeah, so our memory is probably not as good as the people who lived then, but like,
some things that are definitely from a human perspective, but even the thought of um, what happened to the men when they woke up under Morgoth, that's in here, but they also didn't know anything about it. So they still have inserted some of their oral tradition.
the Sauron stuff. It just seems to be by their choice to me, right? Like, I, I'm not entirely convinced that Valor should have forsaken them, but also not that this is just Valor's fault, right? But also, like, they explicitly only take the men from the three houses, which kind of implies that the other men didn't have a choice. Well, no, like, it says right in that sentence, right? Mm. The Valor forsook for a time the men of Middle-earth who had refused their summons and had taken the friends of Morgoth to be their masters. So, the Valor forsaking
What's Kelvin in skis? Um, he's not really a name. He he really, <laughs> he really likes silver trees. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't pick it. <laughs> and also, he he was a Sindar, so he never interacted with the tree Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't realize that, that there'd be a tree. Depends on the version of the myth you go with, whether he was a Sindar or Kelvin. Yeah. A Sindar is hilarious. Yeah, I guess. He was never a Kelvin. Yeah, right. Um, and then 
does not Erendil, my forefather, live? Or is he not in the land of Amon? To which they answered, You know that he hath a fate apart, and was adjudged to the firstborn to die not. Yet this also is his doom, that he can never return again to mortal lands. Whereas you and your people are not the firstborn, but are mortal men, and live with Armavius. Yet it seems that you desire to have no good of both kindreds, to sail to Valinor when you will, and to return when you please to your homes. That cannot be. Nor can the Valar take away the gifts of Elibathar. The Eldar, you say, are unpunished, and even those who rebel do not die. Yet that is to them neither reward nor punishment, but the fulfillment of their being. They cannot escape and are bound to this world, never to leave it so long as it lasts, for its life is theirs. And you are punished for the rebellion of men, you say, in which you had small part, and so it is that you die. But that was not the first appointed for a punishment. Thus you escape and leave the world, and are not bound to it in hope or in weariness. Which of us therefore should envy the others? And the Numenorians answered, Why should we not envy the Valar, or even the least of the deathless? For if us is required a blind trust in the hope of those shorts, knowing not what lies before us in a little while, and yet we also love you, and will not lose you. Then the messenger said, Indeed, the mind of Elutar concerning you is not known to the Valar, and he has not revealed all things that are to come. But this we hold to be true, that your home is not here, neither in the land of Amman, nor anywhere within the circles of the world. And the doom of men, that they should depart, was at first a gift of Elibathar. It became a grief to them only because coming under the shadow of Morgoth, it seemed to them that they were surrounded by a great darkness, of which they were afraid. And some grew willful and proud, and would not yield until life was dressed from them. We who bear the evermost burden of the years do not clearly understand this. But if that grief and return trouble you, as you say, but if that grief and return to trouble you, as you say, then we fear that the shadow arises once more and grows again in your heart. Therefore, though you be of the Dunedain, fairest of men, who escaped from the shadow of old and fought valiantly against it, we say to you, beware. The will of Eru may not be gainsaid, and the valor did you earnestly not to withhold the trust to which you are called, lest soon it become again a bond by which you are constrained. Hope rather that in the end even the least of your desires shall have fruit. The love of Arda was set in your heart by Elibatar, and he does not plant to no purpose. Nonetheless, many ages of men unborn may pass ere that purpose is made known, and to you it will be revealed, and not to the Valar.
making the other thing seem that much more desirable. That way their attention will be diverted. Rather than just saying, you can't go here, it's forbidden. That makes you wonder, why is it so forbidden? I want to go look. Why is it so also, forbidden? Also, it's not just that it's so forbidden. Like, also, elves keep coming, and they have really great gifts, and also lots of really awesome things. And they're so and they beautiful. They keep showing up and being so happy and so excited, and because their lives are really good. <laughs> Ultimately, they should have just had the elves show up and talk about how boring that little boy is. Great. <laughs> Although we should be using the armor for forgiveness. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, perfect misdirection. <laughs> That's really within the sight of the perfect realm on a, on a good cloudless day, you can actually see <laughs> everything. Like, okay, but we're also overlooking the obvious analog of the fall of man here. Because, oh look, it's temptation with eternal life in that tree, I mean island over there. The temptation has to be part of it. You have to allow for that to, in order for them to make a decision. In order for free will to be a part of it. There's already need for fall of man, right? Like this isn't this is an analogue for fall of man. You see how you can see this yeah. is an analogue. But it's not necessary for there to be free will among men because they they're already through the fall of man. At like the dawn of their race, sort of. 
so similar in form with each other that there's just like a disconnect with, with the men. They're just, you know, they're, they're totally different. Yeah. I just think that the Valars, what they're doing wrong is they're not, they're not following through with their responsibility. Their responsibility to be stewards and to be within this world. They're, they're retreating back to a certain bastion and kind of leaving the rest of it, which wasn't a
men and elk are you know, are more evenly cut as well. So there might be some issues there, right? By trying to by trying to steward something that is technically equal to yourself uh, in some sense. Not maybe not on the individual level, but the concept of man is is equal amongst the the dialogue or the race. Just because of some of the mentality. Yeah. Thank you. 
debates on um, like the like the end of life and assisted suicide. Um, that's part of what this idea is: is the idea that it is a sad 